Okay, so you have a small business that you need to market, but you're not a marketer. So now what? Where do you start and what are you even supposed to do? Well, meet Engie. Engie is marketing software that simplifies marketing for small business owners. You can plan, organize, and get your marketing out the door and in front of your next customers fast. The best news? Engie is turning one on May 8th, so you can make marketing way more manageable for yourself for only $19 a month for your first year with the code BDAY. But don't wait. This offer ends on May 31st. episode of Pretty Okay Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Welker. And I am Taylor Holman. And today we're talking about pet peeves, <laughs> which we did um, our the Instagram survey, you know, for our 50th episode, and we ended up talking about how to work with friends last week, but we decided just to kind of keep going down the list of the topics that were recommended. And the next most popular one was pet peeves. And I don't know why people assume we have pet peeves, Taylor. (laughs) What would have ever given you guys the idea that we were pet peeves? I don't get it. We're so positive, (laughs) but we do. I know I do. Oh, I for sure do. Yeah. I, I'm i curious what kind of route you took with this because when I was kind of jotting mine down, I more so did pet peeves about like entrepreneurs or people that you work with. Did you do the same? Yes. I definitely have more professional pet peeves than personal pet peeves. Oh, I don't. <laughs> You have more personal ones. Yes. Um, well, it's because I've I've become. I mean, I the word that came to mind was cutthroat, but that's really aggressive. Um, <laughs> I'm not so cutthroat with my friends, but I have definitely over the years given people that don't bring good energy into my life a lot of space. So I I really feel like at this point in my life I'm. I'm I'm fortunate to be surrounded by friends and family that don't piss me off. Yeah. Yes. I think the way I would describe it is I have a very low tolerance threshold for bullshit. And I'm I'm very picky about who I spend my time with because I don't have that much extra time. (laughs) So why would I waste it on people who are going to suck the life out of you, you know? Actually, it's kind of funny. At some point over the last year, Jillian sent me these beautiful handmade ceramic bowls. They're very small. And Uh in her card, she wrote something to the effect of, these bowls are beautiful just like you, and they also hold the same amount of bullshit. (laughs) Because, right, so I call them my bullshit bowls. Because they're, they're tiny and I, like you, have very low tolerance and capacity for bullshit in my life. Yep. Yep. I love that. I love how much Jillian understands you. <laughs> oh, it's kind of scary sometimes. That's awesome. I love that you have bullshit bowls. Yeah. I, I don't think talking about our pet peeves is necessarily a negative thing. You know, we're not just like, negative Nellies and going to harp on the shit everybody does. But I think there's a lot of things that people don't realize can be pet peeves for people, especially people like us with low bullshit tolerance, you know? So I think it'll be interesting to see what we both kind of list out today. I, I definitely have more personal pet peeves just because, like I said, I have a much smaller, like I spend the majority of my time working, right? So my free time is a lot more limited. And that's when I get very protective of that time and that energy. And like, 
My husband does not understand that because I'm like, no, I'm not going to spend my one free Saturday with your crazy aunt. Like, <laughs> but he's like, it's, we have to, it's family and da da da. And I'm just one of those people who's like, no, I don't have obligations to anybody. Like I'm going to spend my time with who I want to spend my time with and I'm not going to hang out or you know, embrace anybody who isn't a good source of energy for me. Yes. Um, you and I are so alike in so many I know. <laughs> weirdest ways. I know. Uh, yeah. I just, there's life is too short. The long and short of it is, is that life is too short to invest any sort of significant amount of your own time or energy in people, places, and things that really aren't going to give back to you. Yep. So the pet peeves come, my pet peeves for the most part stem from uh, a place where I feel disrespected Mm, or that my my time and effort has been disrespected. So just to give y'all a clue into my brain, that's where it comes from. I guess looking at mine and mine kind of do too. When I look at at the few that I, I listed out, do you want to start? Sure. I mean, the Mac, on it. <laughs> the, the Mac Daddy of pet peeves for Taylor is not doing what you say you're going to do when you say you are going to do it. Yes. Yep. I can't. I I have a really hard time working with those types of people. Yep. Um. I have left jobs because of it on the extreme side, but like that is one of the big reasons why I made a a personal career change a few years ago. And that, that one for sure, like cuts to the heart of the disrespect, right? Like if you, if you say you are going to do something and then it is also something that I am that my productivity is dependent on you completing, mm-hmm. you can fuck all the way off if you don't all do it. All the way off. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, that is such a good one. And I think that one, because it has so much wrapped in wrapped up in it, you know, it's like it's disrespectful, it's lazy, and it doesn't build trust with someone that you're working with, you know, and you have to be able to trust the people that you're working with or for or collaborating with. And yeah, that's a, that's a one in personal and professional, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I mean, there are, I think there are tears to everything, but so I can, I can look the other way when a friend doesn't do something small that they say they're going to do, like, you know, follow up about scheduling a beach walk, right? Whatever. Yeah. Off my back. But if it is someone that has any sort of authority over me, there is absolute zero tolerance for someone in a leadership role not following through because to me, that demonstrates that they're not qualified to actually be a leader. Sure. Yeah. No, that's a big giant red flag. (laughs) And I think too, also the people who work under you, you know, like it's, or if someone you work with, if you can't depend on them and you feel that and you know that you're not going to get what you need from them in order to do what you need to do, that sucks. That's, that's no bueno. No bueno. No bueno. So that was my big one. What's your big one? I don't have a big one. I have – I mean, they all piss me off equally, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, okay. So one of my first ones, and this is probably not going to surprise you at all, is when I see entrepreneurs offering business coaching when they have no place offering business coaching. Oh, I wish you could see Taylor's face right now. Because here's the thing. Business coaching is such a broad term, you know, and it implies that you know a lot about all the aspects of business. And if you're going to hire someone as a business coach, you're going to need them to help you with finance, HR, marketing, you know, operations, all of the things. And I think that so many people that offer quote unquote business coaching have like one specialized area 
And that's awesome. Don't call it business coaching. (laughs) Call it, you know, something else, mentorship, whatever you want to call it. It's not fucking business coaching. And I think that offering those services when you have kind of like a, you know, a successful front, right? Like, say you're somebody who has a business that's doing really well on Instagram. So other people in your industry see it and they're like, oh, I should do business coaching with her. It's just not going to be beneficial (laughs) for anyone because you're not going to get what you need. And you are going to, you're basically getting one person's experience with their personal business and that worked for them, which is cool, but it's not scalable, I think is my biggest issue with it because it's just not, there's not enough data and not enough background and having one successful business does not mean that you should be a business coach. Correct. You know, I have friends that ask me questions all the time. Mm-hmm. Taylor, how did you do this? Like, who do you lean on for that? Yada, yada. I will share those resources and advice, but I understand that I don't, I don't have the same education that someone like you does, right? Like the people that I know that have MBAs and studied business have a fundamentally different understanding of mm-hmm. what your options are and how you can position yourself to make the best decisions, right? Yeah. Yes. That's not me. Like you said, like I have a successful business, yay, pat on my back, but that doesn't that's not transferable. And that's what right? Like that's what yeah. is super annoying is when people think that their approach is transferable to somebody else. Yeah. And I'm not saying that like, oh, well, your business coach has to have an MBA, you know, but your business coach needs to have education and knowledge of systems and how things work because that's how businesses grow and expand. And one person's success story does not necessarily translate into your success story. And so I think if you want to, like I said, want to offer those mentorship services, whatever you want to call it, that specialized area, that's awesome. That's bitching. Do it. Please stop calling it business coaching. It should, those things should be called like brainstorm sessions or something yeah. like that, right? Like it's the same service, quote unquote, right? But you are, by renaming it, you reframe it and you change the expectation of what the outcome or end result is going to be. Yes. So like I would be, I would be 100% comfortable offering a brainstorm session with people. Sure. But am I going to coach someone on their business? No. You on the <laughs> other hand, you're great at that. Hey, thanks. I I just feel like, I guess if you're going to offer business coaching services, you need to be able to help any business, not just your industry, you know, and be able to help with the whole big picture. And that's just not what a lot of people offer. Yep. And that is one of my pet peeves. Yes. All right. What's your next pet peeve? It's, a, it's actually quite similar to the whole business coaching thing. Okay. I really... And I was just DMing with a mutual friend of ours the other day about this. I can't stand it when people market their businesses or coaching services or whatnot as like a six-figure business. Oh, gross. Boo. (laughs) I can't stand it. It feels... It feels like a fishing expedition to me, like fishing for compliments and external validation that you're good at what you do. Mm-hmm. And to me, it also feels like, I don't know, it just feels slimy for some reason. Yeah. I've never been able to like really get to the bottom of why it feels slimy, but so many people are on this quest to build a business that sustains them. Mm-hmm. And six figures to me is a total vanity number. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, that's definitely part of the reason why it feels 
gross. Um, but yeah, I really, please, 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 even if you make six figures, don't talk about it on the internet. Yeah, you're, it does just feel slimy. And it's like, yeah, like you said, it's kind of braggy, but not in an impressive way. <laughs> like, it just kind of feels like, I don't know, you have nothing else to tout. So you're you're throwing this number out there, which, you know, good on you for making six figures. But yeah, that's, I get that one. I don't, I don't dig that either. Yeah. I also really don't like it when I've come across some people in the marketing space sure who have very successful businesses and make many multiple six figures and they publish income reports Blech. that to me is so arrogant yeah and i yeah. i assume that they're doing it in from a place of transparency mm. but again like i don't know it just feels gross if yeah. someone feels very strongly on the other, on the other side of this, please, I would love to have a conversation with you about it because I don't – I maybe it's because I'm not motivated by money. Right. I think that's it. That's probably it. This I think is there like are, a therapy session. Yeah. I mean, like, I think some people definitely, like, that's what they look for is they see those numbers and they're like, oh, that's who I'm going to hire. They have a six-figure business. But that just is so short-sighted to me. Like it just does not encompass everything that you need uh, when looking like for a, what's the word, like a mentor or, you know, someone to aspire to. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. with you. I wonder if the income report things, it could potentially be if they have investors, you know? I don't know. I mean, like the person I saw most recently do it is a a launch consultant. Huh. And right. So she basically offers marketing. She, oh, I think she only sells launch courses and oh. um, yeah, she, I, on a monthly or quarterly basis will publish her income reports hmm. and I just, I don't, I don't dig that. Fun fact. Those can also be fabricated. Totally. So please don't use that as your marker. <laughs> totally can be fake. Yeah. yeah. So watch. I'm going to publish an income report tomorrow that says I made $2 million on that goals workbook. Boom. None of you will know the difference. Nope. Nobody will know. But see, I won't because yeah. I'm not slimy and I'm not skeezy, but it's fine. My next one has to do, so I think the rest of mine are kind of about people working with people. Uh, my next one is people saying that's not my job or people who aren't able to put on different hats. You know, I understand that everybody has a job description and everybody has boundaries and whatnot, but like there are some people who I've worked with in the past who just, they will not do anything beyond the scope. And to me, that's such a sign of like a non-team player, <laughs> especially in a small business. You have to be flexible and you have to adapt and you have to wear a lot of different hats and try a lot of different things. And when you get people who are just so stuck in like their one area and are not willing to expand, I think it's not only a sign of not being a team player, but it's also a sign of someone who's just like in general, not willing to learn or try new things. Yes. I can't, I won't lie and say I've never said that before. <laughs> I did say it when I was at a company I no longer work for and I was trying to retrain everyone as to what my new role was because I transitioned roles mm -hmm. and my scope of work was more limited and also, I was just like not in a good place in this company. So I was partly doing it just to be an asshole. <laughs> but I for sure, I for sure kicked things because I was like, this is this is not my responsibility. 
you know, <laughs> you have X or Y for that. <laughs> so no, I, I definitely think there's a time and a place for it. You know, like I said, I understand everyone has boundaries and whatnot, but I think there are some people who just like will never expand beyond what they're, what's on their list of things to do, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, there are there are those people that you know you just cannot ask. No. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Guess your time is more valuable than everybody else's. Fucker. <laughs> just kidding. Hey. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I've said it before too. Like I've with people maybe well, yeah, when I've like had to work under someone. And I think that's a little different when your boss is maybe the one who's like not respecting your time and is the one who's just trying to delegate their responsibilities to you because they don't want to do it. That's different than working alongside somebody and them just like not being able to, to play ball. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a power dynamic, then for sure it's like sometimes a necessary tool to pull out in order to maintain boundaries. But yeah. yeah. If you're if you're a peer, then sometimes you just gotta do your your coworker a solid, right? Just do it. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Everyone loved that graphic. <laughs> I'm telling you, we should put it on a coffee mug or something. Yeah. Shit. Who do we know that can help us do merch? <laughs> Cause that that one I think has to be the first one. Oh yeah. So. Hit us up, guys. Hit us up. Yes, if you do merch. So so my next pet peeve is very – it's a very strange one, but it happens to me regularly enough that it's become a pet peeve that okay. if I send someone something as a Word doc or a Google doc for them to complete and send back to me, mm-hmm. I am so annoyed when people send it back as a PDF. Oh. I've like, never had I, anybody do that. <laughs> so many people have done it to me. It's happened at least a half dozen times in the recent past. And I always think, I sent this to you in an editable form because I need it back in an editable form. And you sent it back to me as a fucking PDF. And so now mm. I have to like, you know, when you copy and paste stuff from a PDF, the formatting's all fucked up and it's yeah. a total pain in the ass. Yeah. And it happens more than I want. And it's so strange. So if you're out there and I send you a Word document, please don't send it back as a PDF. Weird. I wonder why. I wonder I don't what know. the thought process is. Because that's actually more work to turn it into a PDF. 100%. I'm so huh. I'm perplexed by like the thought process that someone has. Mm-hmm. That- yeah, I just I don't understand. Interesting. So, yes. So if you if you get something in one format, send it back in that format unless requested otherwise. I get that. That would bug me too. Yeah. Especially PDF because PDFs are a pain in the ass to get back to an editable form. Yes. So. All right. Duly noted. Don't send Taylor shit as a PDF when she sent it otherwise. <laughs> Because otherwise, I mean, no one will ever see it. I don't like kick it back to them and say like, "Hey, what the fuck?" But then Maybe I just sit, I just sit at my desk, super annoyed that I have <laughs> to now spend fifteen fucking minutes now making this back or turning it back into a, a document I can work with. You're so just doing over. I do. I just do there. I I have one friend that I've texted about it. I'm like, "What the fuck? Someone did it again." <laughs> So she can corroborate my my story that it has happened an odd number of times. That's a funny one. I like it. Okay. Mine, you probably, well, we've definitely talked about this before, and it's going to come as no shock to anyone. I think this might be one of my, either my top one or my top two, but asking questions that you could easily Google. Please for the love of God, stop wasting other people's time and resources with stupid inane questions that you can Google, especially if the person has to get the answer by Googling, which happens to me all 
the time, especially like tech stuff, you know, when someone's like, oh, this isn't working for me. How do I do this? I'm like, I don't know. Let me look it up real quick. And then boom, the problem is solved because I looked it up. But why am I taking my time to do it when you could just as easily do the exact same thing? Yes. You know, people who work in customer service or customer support for Mm -hmm. any of the tech platforms that we use, right? Most of them have what they call a knowledge base mm-hmm. with help, you know, very helpful articles on how to solve mm-hmm. common problems. And after working in that space, I know everyone should just like make this their their best practice. If mm-hmm. you are working in a piece of software and something isn't working, go to the help articles first. Because the person who then is going to answer your question, if if you just ask it, their first move is going to be to go to the help articles because they're trying to save themselves time. Yes. So do them a solid, do yourself a favor, teach yourself how to find the answers. It's a very valuable skill to have. It's a very valuable skill to have. It will help you in your personal life, in your professional life, in everything. But I think it's so disrespectful of other people's times to just like send a quick slack and be like, hey, how do I do this? What is this? And it's like, okay, you're taking the time away from what I'm doing right now to answer a question that you could easily find the answer to on your own. And I think it's something that a lot of people – a lot of people, especially especially older generations, are not accustomed to doing. I think that you know the younger generations will probably be better at this because they don't know life without Google. And I just really think it's a really good skill to develop because it a helps you, you know, become more resourceful, and b doesn't piss off the person whose time you're wasting. So. Yes, use those critical thinking skills, people. We know you have them. Do it. You do. And your time is not more valuable than someone else's time. So I know you think you're saving time by going, oh, well, Sam will know the answer and asking, you know, asking me or like you, everybody asks you all the questions, but it's really not the best, the best idea. Yes. I mean, I'm happy to be helpful always. But yes, I am on the receiving end of every question (laughs) all the time. So that is my next one. That's a big one for me. You have any more? Are you lots more? (laughs) I have like little things that, I mean, I guess I put them into the pet peeve category, but partly because, again, I don't have a ton to... I don't have so many human interactions these days or like I don't work in an office. So people can't have fewer opportunities to piss me off. But some of the little ones, I really don't like it when people move meetings on me because Mm -hmm. I am crazy and I write all of my appointments in pen in my planner. Yes, you do. And so it makes me scribble out things. <laughs> it doesn't make me happy. So that's one of that's something that I don't appreciate. I mean, life happens and mm-hmm. that's no big deal. But if someone's asking to move something for some dumbass reason, then mm-hmm. then it's annoying. Yeah. Another small one is in Slack when People type and hit enter like after every thought instead of giving me one message that's more fully baked. Yes. <laughs> instead of just like ba 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 ba. And you just see so and so is typing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because then you you know notifications it's like bing 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 bing. So I would much prefer that people take a second think about what they need to communicate to me and type it all in one thought. I get that. I feel that too. I think it's the same with text messages too. Yes. If you're texting a longer form thought to someone. (laughs) 
Yes. I mean, and I'm not perfect there. I definitely send text messages that are a little bit like fired off sometimes. And when I see I've done that, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. (laughs) So, you know, it's all about being a little reflexive and seeing when you might have done that to someone and just acknowledging that you sent them too many messages in a short period of time. Yeah. Hey, we're all guilty of our own pet peeves. Totally. Doesn't doesn't mean we hate them any less. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Though I am very unlikely to move, to ask to move a meeting. This is true. I am very unlikely to do that. Like shit would have really had to hit the fan for me. It's because you prioritize things. Yeah. You know, like when... And I'm I'm very much the same way unless something comes up with like, you know, Rocky can't go to school because someone at school has COVID, <laughs> like things like that. But just, you know, I'm not someone who generally is like, oh, my day is really busy. Can we push our meeting? I'm like, no, I, I scheduled this meeting. I'm going to do it. And then I'll figure out everything else. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And I don't write stuff in my planner and pen. <laughs> I do. I know. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. You are. You are. But that's how committed I am, people. I put it in there in indelible ink because I, when I say I'm going to do something, I am going to do it come hell or high water. It's true. That is just how I roll. And that's why you have a six-figure business. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that is why I have a six-figure coaching business. Hey. <laughs> Oh, yeah. no, but seriously, I don't have a, I don't, don't call me a business coach, please. I've had people ask me that in the past. Like, I know that what I do is kind of obscure and not totally like, oh, this is what Taylor does. And I have had people ask if I'm a business coach and I'm like, no, definitely not a business coach. Please don't call me that. I think it's just because that term has gotten so muddied because of all these people thinking they're a business coach and offering to be a business coach. But, you know, yes. I've already said my, my, my piece on that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm circling back on that because I have started okay. seeing people talk about money specifically. Mm-hmm. And I really don't think that, People should be sharing financial advice unless you are a goddamn financial advisor. Yeah. Like, please don't do it. And it's it's not to the point where it's out of control by any means. But I have I can think of two people in that I follow on the internet that have either like said they're going to do master classes about money and retirement and Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what qualifies you to do that? Yeah. Yep. Here's the thing. If you really have your heels dug in and you're going to do that, first of all, please don't. But if nobody can talk you out of it at the very least, you better get your ass covered by liability insurance because liability insurance. If you give someone bad financial advice and it burns them, guess who the first person they're going to come for is you and shitty advice. Yeah. Like that's, (laughs) what's crazy. You know, like when you work with a financial advisor or even I have an Elevest account, which Mm -hmm. is a cool um, online investing platform, but like, you need to make sure that they are they're insured like FDIC insured, right? That they're mm-hmm. like, um, what's the other term? I can't remember. that they're a fiduciary, right? Like there are all of these mm-hmm. financial big financial scary words that I'm throwing around without fully understanding what exactly they mean, but right, like it shows that this is a legitimate financial institution who is has has the the right and ability to manage money and give financial advice because yeah. like you said if shit hits the fan they are insured like your right. money then is insured right but if you're just taking financial advice from Joe Blow then holy hell man please don't do that so that's something i'm starting to see and i'm i don't know why 
I mean, it's probably just a part of this bigger picture. Everybody's pivoting into something. Mm-hmm. And people are at this point grasping at straws to stand out in a crowd that like is now terribly beyond oversaturated. But yeah, woof, man. That's so much risk yeah. and liability that I'm I'm shocked that people can stomach that. Yeah. I mean, just please don't take financial advice from an influencer or a blogger. Please don't. Even if they write blog posts about money tips, like anybody can write a fucking blog post. That's the thing you have to remember when you're seeking out professional advice or professional help. Anyone can put their words on the internet. Find somebody who can actually back that shit up with certifications, education, literally anything other than the title blogger attached to their name. Yes. Or educator these days. Oh, God. Educator, content creator. Yeah. That's another one of my small pet peeves. As an actual. No, the educator one. Oh. Like, as an actual educator, right? Like, I went to school to spend my life in a classroom. There are educational theories and practices, just like with business, right? Like, there are these things that are fundamental to the craft that Mm -hmm. all of these educators don't actually have. And so, yeah, I mean, I have very, 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 I have, I have very mixed emotions about that title because I do know some people who are really smart and, you know, do the research, do all the due diligence, pour into making sure that they are creating resources that are, you know, very, well-founded and legitimate. And then there's people that just like, you know, call themselves an educator because they woke up one day and decided to do it. Yeah. Cause they filmed themselves doing a, an Instagram reel about some topic that they're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I get that one big time. All right. My next one is a little smaller, but it's a personal pet peeve I have which is DMing somebody about business stuff when their email is available. Like I have my email in my Instagram, you know, it's on the website. It's every, like I'm talking specifically glitter guide stuff. And this happens a lot with PR people or people who want to share something on the site. They'll like, they think that DMing is the best way to get a hold of me. And I'm like, I'm more likely to ignore your DM than I am your email because I don't know. It just, it rubs me the wrong way. It feels too needy and also too unprofessional. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's just the wrong channel for, especially an initial outreach. Definitely Mm -hmm. the wrong channel. Yeah. If you know the person, then like I have, I have, um, DM'd professional friends and be like, Hey, I have this quick idea. Do you want me to follow up via email if you're interested? Right? Like that's, that's different because I know those people, but yeah, yeah. Please don't send cold outreach DMS. And also do you get outreach emails that are, I hate getting outreach emails where it's just a you know a fuck ton of people who have been BCC'd because there's it just says like hi friend or yeah hi everyone. yeah please don't do that I no. will hit delete on that email so fast it will make yes. your head spin yeah no I get that all the time and it's just like okay cool you couldn't even be bothered to personalize it I can't be bothered to read it sorry yeah and. Sometimes I get those from people I know. Yeah. And I'm like, I think people think it's a time management thing, but it's not. It's no. It's lazy and it's it's not professional. Yeah. Like even if I mean, I recently got an email from someone that clearly was canned because it's fine to like send the copy and paste the body of an email, but she changed mine. It's at hi Taylor. And mm. then a few days later I got a, a similar email from somebody else and it was just the BCC to fucking the entire world. Yeah. So 
also, I know this is so nitpicky and dumb, but in emails, you can tell when somebody has copied and pasted an email and then just changed the name because the font always looks different. So clear your formatting if you're going to do that. <laughs> clear the formatting. Make sure everything is formatted correctly because it doesn't look like that on your end, but it sure as hell looks like that when it gets sent. So just a, a small word of advice there. And the the font will turn purple. Yeah. Right? It like turns a different color and it's like smaller and yeah. 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 So double check it. Yeah. I mean, I copy and paste all the time. I'm so paranoid when I copy and paste I am too. emails. Oh, so paranoid because yeah. I have done that and like done it too expeditiously and like – I tend to use the person's name in multiple places uh -huh. and I know I have sent emails where it's like I've missed a spot and that yep. is the worst feeling ever. Yes. Yes. I have both done that and been done, been on the receiving end of that and both feel really shitty. So yeah. Put it yeah. into details. Yes. So read it. <laughs> You'll, yeah, I definitely read emails like that like four times before I yeah. send it because, yeah, it's just when you're asking, when you're doing outreach and you are asking someone for something or their time, even if it's just like, hey, can you do you want to contribute a quick quote? Yeah. yeah, it's it doesn't make them feel good if it's clear that you've been making the, the rounds. Yeah. So like, yeah. Nope. I don't like it. So yeah. So, you know, those communication channels, pick and choose wisely, pay attention to the details. <laughs> so you don't, you're a, uh, what's the word? Your rushed practices don't show <laughs> when yes. you're, when someone's reading what you have to say. Yes. Yes. All right. Any other pet peeves? I think that's most. I think that's them. Okay. I had one I mean, more and that's it. Let's hear it. Uh, faking busyness. <laughs> I have a huge pet peeve with people who like to make themselves seem more busy than they actually are. And for me, this really applies for people who work for me. Uh, especially when, you know, we use a time tracking system and whatnot. I've just had so many people who they always look like they're doing something, but then when you get the actual documentation of what they've been spending their time on, nothing is happening. And I think that that's, I have one of my best friends is like this and it kills me. And I know her work ethic and I know how she is. And it's like, oh, come on, don't be that way. And it just drives me crazy because it's like, I think it's a lack of confidence in your ability or maybe you just don't know how to manage your time. But like people who try to make themselves seem busy to seem important are generally the ones getting the least amount of stuff done in my experience. And I've, I've fired people for it too. You know, people who are like on salary and claiming they're working 40 hours a week. But then as soon as you start having them document shit, it's very clear they're not doing anything. And I think that that is really shady and I don't like it. I can't even imagine doing that. Right? That's just not in, that's not an option for me. So I don't understand that. At all. Yes, I know. You would be amazed at how many people are like that. And if you're someone who, if you suddenly had to document how you were spending your time and that makes you feel nervous, you might want to look at how you're, you're working and how you're spending your time. Because when people push back on like, oh, I don't want to log my hours. I don't want to log this, the, the other, you know, I switch people make up all kinds of excuses. They're like, I switch back and forth between tasks and I, you know, it's just too hard to keep track of. It's like, no, you just don't want us to see what you're actually doing. I think that, you know, it's just 
like I said, trying to pretend like you're busier than you actually are in order to feel important or to make yourself seem valuable to a company is bullshit, in my opinion. Yeah, just be valuable. Just do it. (laughs) Just do work. (laughs) There's nothing wrong. I think a lot of people think like, oh, well, I'm I'm not working a full eight hours a day. But if you're getting your shit done, who cares? Oh, people care. I have a story about that. Tell me. So at my last actual corporate job, I was um, an account manager, like kind of, I guess like inside sales. So I guess what you would call it. And I would work my 40 hours, right? Like Uh working 40 hours because I have to be here for 40 hours a week. But I was always over like over 100% of my quota. And the other people on my team, not everybody, but a lot of them would work 50, 60 hour weeks and not be hitting quota. And I shit you not, I got put on a personal improvement plan because I wasn't working enough. Wow. And I was like, I'm over my quota. I'm here 40 hours a week. I am beyond confused at this. So there are people who give a shit. (laughs) Like, which again, more reasons why Taylor's not working in the corporate world and works for her fucking self. But like, that was mind blowing to me. That is corporate bullshit right there because that's not, that's the exact like opposite of what you want. You want your people to be doing their work and crushing it not working hard, not smart. You know, you were someone who was working hard and smart, but clearly these people who are working 60 hours a weekend are still not doing what they need to do. That's on them. That's bullshit. And so I think that like that is, I think it's going to become a very outdated mindset. You know, this, you have to work 70 hours a week to be successful. No, if you can work smart and you can get your shit done in a, less time. Great. Good on you. If you can do more, if you have the hours, great, do it. But people who just are there filling in a time card, you know, or people who are just waiting for the clock to change, that's, you're not getting good work out of those people. You're just not. And if that's how you are working, you're not getting good work out of yourself as a creative entrepreneur. So Faking busyness. Yeah, that's some corporate bullshit right there. Yep. (laughs) My list of reasons why I don't, I'm not employed by someone is so long. Yeah. (laughs) So long. But, and a lot of my pet peeves that we talked about today definitely stem from working in an office with people repeatedly. And sure. Very thankful to just be in my own space now. And not have to worry about these things. Yeah. It's, I mean, for me, it's a mixed bag. You know, it's it's a combination of current roles and past roles and working for people, people working for me. Uh, but I think, I don't think we were too negative. I think we were real with our pet peeves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I think so. <laughs> I'm sure more will pop into my head later. <laughs> Yeah. Like I said, I won't do an episode on my personal pet peeves because nobody has time for that. Um, but I yeah. do think that a merch item should be bullshit bowls because I very much like that idea. Yes, I know. It's it was it's so good. Yeah. It's very don't, good. Don't be a dick mugs and bullshit bowls. Love it. Yeah. I'm here for it. Okay. <laughs> Who do I know any ceramicists? Ceramicists. Ceramicists. Yeah, I know. But yeah, no. The bullshit, the bullshit meter is always, it's always going. So it's like, it's never off. It's never off. It is, it really is never off. Cause it, 
at this point in my life, I try to sniff out the bullshit and I run the other way Mm -hmm. because I don't need it in my life. I like to pride myself on a very intense bullshit detector, like in many, many areas. And I can't tell you how many times like – you know, that ding, ding, ding has gone off and other people that I'm like working with are like, oh no, you know, just given the benefit of the doubt. And I'm like, okay, but my bullshit meter is not wrong. You guys, I have yet to be wrong with my bullshit meter. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Yeah. You know, Brett is a, my husband is such a, such a kind soul. Yeah. (laughs) Even too. He gives everyone the benefit of the doubt. Everyone deserves yep. a second chance. Yada yada. Yep. And I'm like, mm, 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 mm. Uh-huh. nope. I know. That's why we have to marry those kind of people. Because <laughs> can you imagine if it was like we were married to each other? We would just be sitting in our house all day, like fuck this person. <laughs> can we? I really. I look for. Well, I. It's a long way out, but I look forward to the day that we are the two old crazy ladies on the street, <laughs> waving our canes, the fucking kids doing. Oh, I love it. We're going to still have a grumpy old lady podcast. Yes. Oh, what, we, sh- we should get that handle now, grumpy old ladies. <laughs> this is in the, the 40-year plan, guys. You're, yes. you're listening to it be developed live. Mm-hmm. That's what good planners we are. We do a 40-year plan. (laughs) Screw your 10-year, 5-year plans. We just bought the domain for Grumpy Old Ladies Podcast. (laughs) Oh, it's funny. Yeah. I like it a lot. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, okay. So then we'll be back in a couple weeks uh, with the next topic on the list uh, that everyone suggested going to be honest can't remember what it is right now but i I know it'll be a good one it'll be good (laughs) it'll be good so in the meantime until the next episode you know feel free to rate review subscribe all of that good stuff on apple Podcasts, spotify show notes will be up on prettyokpodcast.com we'll be over on instagram at prettyokpodcast and we'll see you guys in a couple weeks Have a good one. Bye. See you later.